0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of my podcast. If you follow me on Instagram, you will already know who I am. And today I have my guest, my dear client and my friend Sylvia, who will (laughs) introduce herself to us. Tell us a little bit more about yourself.
1: Hello, everyone. I am Sylvia, as Anna just said. I'm a personal trainer and online coach. And I have been doing this since four years now, since lockdown. Yeah, help women mainly in the UK and now in Italy as well.
0: Amazing. And you have a very interesting story. And we've talked about this quite quite a few times. So I'm very grateful and I appreciate you coming on here and opening up and talking about everything that we are going to talk about. So you have a history with an eating disorder. Yeah. Can you tell us how it started? What was the trigger? How old were you? yes so the eating disorder started
1: when i was like 14 but i think that the triggers started when i was a lot younger than that so the main thing was when i was 14 i went to a dietitian so i was born and raised in italy and the culture around body acceptance is very very different the skinner you are the more attractive you are or at least That's how it was in, I don't know, 2000 to 2010 at least. So when I was 14, I went to our dietation and just for reference, when I went there, I weighed like 55 kilos and 400 grams, I still remember to this day. So I wasn't big, but I was big for Italian standards. So she put me on a very low calorie diet and I started losing so much weight so quick. And I think the trigger was that everyone started telling me, oh my God, you look amazing. You're so determined. Even if like, this is not like your body type, like you becoming like so slim, so good. And bear in mind, my entire childhood, I've been not compared, but sort of to my brother who's always been like very, very slim. So everyone was like, oh my God, your brother's so lucky as if his biggest luck in life was the fact that his metabolism was quite high. (laughs) And my brother is much better than that. (laughs) But so when I started becoming like the slim person that I always wanted to be, I kind of got addicted to that feeling and all my self-worth dependent on on that. So I was very, very young, unfortunately. And I wasn't even sure what I was going through. It was my first time. I just thought it was normal to be starving all the time. My aim every day was just to try to eat as little as possible rather than to just eat enough to lose fat. And yeah, I just wanted to weigh less and less. And less. Until I think I got to 45 kg. As a reference, I am 55 now. So I'm the same weight that I was when I first went to the dietitian. So basically me with 10 kilograms
0: less. I can't even imagine you like weighing 10 kilos less than you do now. Yeah, I was pretty slim. How did I make you feel hearing all those comments? You look amazing. Oh yeah, great, great. Yeah. Yeah,
1: cuz all of my girls were pretty small. All of my friends, so I was like, "Oh, I'm just I'm just like them now."
0: Yeah. And how how did you feel during your primary school and your high school?
1: Yeah, I feel I mean, I was in ballet for okay. 7 years and my ballet teacher always put me first because i was i had good rhythm but she kept telling me if you want to be first you need to be slimmer like you're gonna have to lose more weight and i remember she always had a stick and i like just snap yeah snap my bum and i was six no. and when i started so i was 12 when i and yeah i was there for like six seven years so by the end of it i hated ballet I left crying many times. Mm. Yeah, but it was normal. That was normal there, apparently. Well,
0: well, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Um, Have you ever reached out to anyone? Have you ever seen a therapist? Have you ever seen Uh, anyone who specializes in eating disorders? No, because I didn't think I had an eating disorder until
1: I healed from it. Okay. Like, I kind of knew, but I never spoke to anyone about it I always used to say no I'm good like I'm not hungry like, I'm fine and at night time I used to like punch my tummy to sleep because I was too hungry but I think that people weren't as aware back then about eating disorders I'm not sure how aware they are in Italy right now either but it's
0: definitely getting better okay did you ever feel like or did you ever wish that you reached out to someone? Or I'm asking you this because where I'm, where I'm from in Croatia, people have this very weird percep- perception of if you speak to a therapist, or if you reach out to a therapist, you're crazy yeah. and something is wrong with you. So everyone almost feels ashamed to reach out for help, you know, when it comes to your mental health, physical health, or just seeing a therapist. So have you ever wished that you did reach out to someone professional?
1: Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like I wish I did back then, but I even wish I spoke to someone in my life
0: Yeah.
1: first, but I thought, I think that no one could understand me. Yeah. Like in my family, like my mom has always been like super slim, but because not because she's been obsessed with it. Like she's she just slim. She's just a slim person. <laughs> so in my head, like she couldn't understand my struggles either. And like, I remember one time she was like, we kept going to like different dietitians because I gained a little bit of weight back and I wanted to lose it again. And I remember this doctor was like, there's no point in you losing more weight because this is like how your body's meant to be. And I was so bloody stubborn. I was like, no, you're not going to tell me what I'm meant to look like. And then I remember my mom was like, oh my God, I wish that I had these issues instead of you. So like, so... I didn't have to suffer through being 53 kg rather than 45. But she said it in a way of like, I yeah. love you so much. Yeah. I wish you didn't have to go through this. I could go through it. But because it was seen as a problem, but it really was not. So how did you manage to heal? What did you do? And this is a weird healing story <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't do too much about it. I removed myself from the environment. Okay. So I went from Italy to the United States. So I went from one extreme to the other. After my nine hours flight, I noticed that I was the smallest person <laughs> so far in town, probably. So I was like, oh, cool. I need to catch up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine here. So <laughs> I, when I got there, I noticed that people didn't care too much about how slim I was. And my personality was much more than that, like my self- didn't depend on the way I look. And yeah, I just started eating more. But of course, at that point, my body was used to eat very, very little. So in the matter of one year, I've gained 70 eh, 17, sorry guys, 17 kilograms. So I went from well, whatever it was 45 to like 62. Wow so
0: yeah and how did that make you feel how, oh, how did that... <laughs> <laughs> i did not feel good in my body after. How, <laughs> how did that impact your body image so being so small and and so tiny, tiny to then gaining 17 kilos in one year how did that make you feel uh
1: that was the start of my healing process okay because of course i had to accept my body looking very very different I knew I didn't want to look that way either. But I kind of understood that being the smallest version of myself wasn't the main thing I wanted
0: from life. Okay. And did you understand at the time calories in versus calories out, macros, no. protein, carbs, fats? No. Training. No.
1: No, because when I was in the States I remember six months in, I went to Miami to see my family. Okay. And for the month before that, I was like, oh, my God, what are they going to say when they see me? And bear in mind, I remember, oh, my God, I remember when I got to Miami, I weighed 57 kilograms at this point. OK. Uh, so I was like basically 12 kg heavier than when I left. And I was like, what's my mom going to say? So I was like, oh, I'm going to start this like diet. So the month before Miami, I remember I ate bananas for a week only like only bananas for that week. And then I tried all these different things. And I just kept
0: piling on the pounds. So how long were you in the States for? And have you lost any weight when you were in the States?
1: (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) I remember. I
0: gained more. (laughs) I remember for Easter we went to eat these like, I don't know,
1: lemon cakes and stuff, and then I jumped on the treadmill, ran 12 miles. I wish I could still run 12 miles now, now, but I just did did it to burn it off. So, yeah, I was everything
0: I preach not to be. Okay. So how long, let's say your eating disorder started at the age of 14. When did you heal?
1: I started healing when I was like in the States was 17 and a half. Okay. Yeah. But then... I didn't like properly heal. So
0: I went back to Italy. For how long? For one year and a bit. Okay. And did you had any triggers? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. lost 10 kg that summer. Okay. Yeah. In, in what period of time? Like two so months. So
1: I went back on the 5th of June. And by the time I started school again, so mid September, I was 10 kilograms lighter. So, like, what, three months? Wow. But it was all done on a very high-protein diet.
0: Okay.
1: So it wasn't keto because it was high-protein rather than high-fat. It was called the Dukan diet or something like that. Okay. It was some French doctor. and But at that point, I was eating more than before I left for the U.S., of course. But I was still very, very restricted.
0: Wow. What happened after Italy? So how long were you there for? You then moved to London. What made you become a personal trainer?
1: Yes, yeah, so I moved to the UK a year after I, went, I came back from the US. So I was just like almost 19 when I moved to the UK. And the healing kind of like kept happening when I was in the UK because once again, I removed myself from the environment again. But I will come back. All the triggers will come back as soon as I landed in Italy. And
0: this happened until two years ago, maybe. Yeah. And you are now 29. Yeah, twenty nine. so a long time. So from the age of 14 until the age of 27. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think this is probably the first time that I'm actually OK with the way I look, even when I go back,
0: Yeah.
1: because in London, I've always been completely fine. But I remember, and I spoke to some Italian girls as well, and it's, I'm not the only person this happens to. They yeah, told me, like, when they got really, back.
0: It's not really spoken about in Italy, I feel like. No. yeah, In Croatia, like, no one really talks about these things. And I think people are either afraid to say these things out loud, or they don't feel safe, or they don't feel comfortable, or they feel like other people would judge them because it, it is not that common. Like social media is also not that huge in yeah Croatia. In my hometown. Like my dad doesn't even know what Instagram is. Yeah, my dad same. Yeah. Like it's it's something that I feel like quite a lot of people might be keeping inside because they don't feel comfortable one hundred saying this out loud. Or maybe they're not one hundred percent self aware and they're just putting their feelings away and aside and they feel, they feel that no one will understand them, no one will be able to help them. Have you felt that way?
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think there's a very fine line between just dieting because you want to lose fat and then entering the eating disorder trap. Yeah. Because, of course, when you start losing weight for the first time, you do feel better about yourself. But you need to be very, very careful not to take it too, to too fast because that happens. But 100% is the fear of not feeling understood. It's like I was thriving off those comments of yeah. like,
0: you look great. Yeah. Have you ever felt like your self worth is based on what other people say about you? Yeah. And all the comments that you get? Yeah. And if you not don't even get. No ashamed to say it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't get nice compliments and if people don't constantly i don't know send you messages or whenever they see you they say oh my god you look amazing you feel like you need to hear all those words from someone else
1: yeah for me was a confirmation
0: that you are amazing and beautiful and yeah
1: it happened every time i went back from the uk to italy because i used to go see my parents of course like maybe like twice a year three times and if my mom didn't comment on how great i look i would be like my days, yeah. But she didn't have to. Like, <laughs> she probably was just not commenting on all my body, which is totally normal and fine. Yeah, but you were expecting. But to, for to me, I was like, "Oh, you're not saying yeah. that I look great." And I remember yeah. my dad was like, "You gained a little bit of weight," and that got me. And I was like, "I need to lose I it." Need to
0: lose it. Started losing it. Quick. Again. Yeah. When you first started tracking your macros and your calories, have you found that triggering? Did you find it amazing? Did you find it Mm, kind of, has it taught you a lot about the food or did it develop a negative relationship with food again? What was your No, so I
1: started tracking calories the first time I went to my dietitian. At the age of 14? 14. Because I used to... Calculate in my head because there wasn't even my fitness power back then, or if there was, I didn't have it. So, has she asked you to track your calories? No, all- but I remember she gave me my diet plan. Okay. And it was 1,200 calories to start with. And I was like, okay, so how, I, where are these calories coming from? Yeah. So, next to each food, she calculated the macros for me, but I had no idea what macros were. I just knew what calories were. So, my aim was always to have. A little bit less a little bit less a little bit less and then I remember one time she was like oh if you want to exit the diet we're gonna start increasing your calories very slowly which was very smart of her but I was like no because I'm gonna gain fat so she she failed to actually explain to me that this wouldn't have happened so my thing was like okay I'm not gonna come see you anymore because you want to increase them now and i'm just gonna do my own thing i was very very stubborn
0: (laughs) and who are you to tell me what to do yeah but i remember
1: one thing because so me and my mom never spoken about my eating disorder when i had it okay and when i came back from the state i remember a few years later she told me you came back you were big but you were happy.
0: Yeah.
1: So like she knew all along. But probably she didn't know how to talk to me about it either. I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. It's not that easy to talk to me if I don't mm. want to talk about it. So I don't blame anyone. It's just society as a whole. And to be fair, my ballet teacher, I can blame
0: her. I can't believe that. Like, <laughs> I can blame well, she, her. Like, she would spank you at the age of six. But like, yeah. if you. If
1: you... Say, so, where we we putting this ass? I was like, what do you mean? Here, staying oh here.
0: God. That's absolutely. I mean. I don't know if it's still allowed. How like, was how it allowed in the first place? I don't know. He was like, oh,
1: I've been trained. Um, I went to Russia to be trained as a ballet teacher. They were very strict to me there, so I'm just going to do the same thing. Wow. To you now? Wow. So it's like- I hate ballet to this day. <laughs> 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 my mum keeps telling me, oh, my God, it looks so nice. I was like, no.
0: Should we watch
1: some? There something? No- <laughs> there was nothing nice about it. Oh, man. And I remember my brother going to football practice and being so happy about going to football practice because he loved the sport. And I used to dread my ballet lessons. I remember they used to be on Tuesdays and Fridays. <laughs> And the other days were my favorite days. Yeah. What would
0: you say to someone who might be going through something similar that you went through Mm -hmm. but is afraid to speak out? Or maybe they're not 100% sure that they are going through something.
1: Mm, Talk to first, talk to the people that are closest to you. But be ready for them not to fully understand you and for you to have to educate them on things because people you might feel that people are not getting you or they don't care but they are probably just ignorant on the matter so it is kind of your not responsibilities but for your own sake just educate them because what i notice people do make comments on people's, other people's bodies, etc., on what they eat. All the time. But they don't do it because they want to hurt you. They do it because they think it's normal. Like lot of people are just ignorant about it. So educate the ones close to you. I would say, of course, if you have parents and you're close to them, they are 100% the best people to go to. I wish I went and spoke to my mum before because we wouldn't have got that far. But if your support system is not that good, then speak to a professional because they will
0: actually know what to do. Yeah, I remember one of my clients once posted on Instagram. Sorry, and she said, "You can't heal the body that you don't love." Yeah, and when she said that, I was like, "Wow, that is like such, it's like a vicious a, yeah. cycle." such a powerful statement as well because if you we don't see ourselves the way that other people see us right no okay you know i look at myself sometimes and i'm like oh i don't know i could always improve which is not the worst way to think because you always want to improve in life and business and mindset and your relationship with yourself and how you are how you treat other people and just be a good person and always always work on yourself but if you look at me you would you would say like there's you don't need to change anything yeah (laughs) you don't need to change anything but I remember it took me a long time to work on myself and accept myself for who I am and not getting the validation from other people that's the hardest part that's the hardest part because if you are on social media very quite often you get quite a lot of messages oh yeah you look amazing. Your legs, your hamstrings, your glutes, your hair, your eyes, your this, your that. I went quiet for a little while because, I, like, that was affecting me and my self worth. And I was like, I don't, I don't want my self worth to depend on what other people's people opinions. Have you ever experienced that? Like, oh you've, yeah, you've had a very, very similar thing. How did you felt? How did you feel after when you were in London when you started working as a personal trainer when you were in the gym environment training so, other people?
1: So in in London I felt good. To be fair, my ex boyfriend helped me with that a lot, like self acceptance. One good thing I did. Shout out uh- to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when I decided to be APT, it was because. I was already, of course, like training and lifting weight really saved me when I was going through a lot, not with my body, but just with my relationship. So I started, I went into PT because I wanted to help people heal, become the better version of themselves using like fitness to do that. I used to be in recruitment before and I used to help people improve their life through changing jobs. And I was like, But my passion is fitness. I might as well do something related to that. So I felt a little bit more pressure when I became a PT to like look a certain way. Mm -hmm. But just because you're meant to be like inspiring people, etc. But I never fell back into the like, I need to be small. It was more like I need to look strong now.
0: And you are strong.
1: Yeah, but it was a different thing. But it was still like, oh. If I want to get more clients, I need to feel good. Yeah. But in some sense, like I need to feel good in my body. It doesn't matter what my body looks like. But, but if I want to inspire you to feel good and love your body, I need to also love mine because otherwise, what am I preaching about? Yeah. So, but yeah, we've come a long, very long way. way.
0: Mate. Long way. Yeah. Wow. What a journey. So it's been 15 years.
1: Yeah, pretty or much you. my or, not
0: even older life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean half of my life. Half of your life. Yeah,
0: half of your life.
1: And it started when I was like much younger than that. So we have, I think, as PT and health professionals, is now our responsibility 100%. to educate. One hundred percent. Because
0: hence, hence why we're here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I was hesitant about starting my Instagram in italian like for the italian population as well because in the back of my mind i always said like i need to look a certain way for them to trust me because it's italy Mm. but then i was like you know what screw this like i'm just gonna do it anyways i mean i look fine you Uh, look (laughs) yeah more than (laughs) so i'm like giving myself compliments 10 out of 10 on a bad day (laughs) so but in the back of my mind i had that i was like what are they gonna expect me to be like a size i don't know zero in order for them to trust me and to be like an actual validated pt but then i started going very well so yeah it's fine just keep going people are getting better
0: there yeah as well. but the thing is only we have those thoughts yeah only we have those thoughts about ourselves because i mean i hope that i'm not wrong but the huge majority of my clients they do not care about my body fat percentage they care about no what my service and what I can do to help them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in like you live in your head or I live in my head and I'm like, Oh, you're not going to start the account in Italian because what if people think that you don't have, I don't know, the ideal. Greek God's body or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So I just won't start. I won't start a podcast because I don't know. I'm, there's so much fear of what other people will think or say. And it's the last thing that we should worry about. Yeah. It's the last thing that we should worry about. Because how many people will you be able to help with your Italian account? Oh Yeah, a lot. So many. So many. Yeah. And there are so many people in this world that need your help, that need my help, that will hopefully benefit from listening to this podcast. Because I, I feel like a lot, of, a lot of the things that we've been through, are a lot of the things that other people are also going through.
1: 100%. Especially, like, younger yes. girls that probably don't even know.
0: That, that this thing
1: exists. Yeah. And I think that also, when I was that age, I wasn't bombarded by girls on social media looking a certain way because there was no social media. So the only thing I could see was, like, magazines. Mm-hmm. Body shaming on mm-hmm. magazines, covers. But I didn't have... Other girls that were my age doing normal jobs, or so in that case, like going to school, looking perfect on yeah. Instagram and probably photoshopped as well. So I I didn't even have that. So I can't even imagine how they feel now, comparing themselves 24-7 to other people that they
0: see. I get that quite often in my DMs. Someone messaged me the other day. I, w- I, won't, name, I won't name who it was but one very lovely lady messaged me and she said that she's a personal trainer. She also specializes in pelvic floor and Mm -hmm. exercises, print postnatal, all those things. And she said she wants to do what we do, have her business online and start building her Instagram and social media following and everything. But she's afraid of not being as successful as what other people are online. But if you look at online, the grass is always greener online. Everyone is only talking about their accomplishments. No one talks about their their struggles. uh, Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. what they accomplish or what they want to make you think. Yeah, what they want you to see. What they want you to see. So it is so easy to open your phone in the morning and scroll online, and oh my god, this girl looks amazing. I want to look like her. Oh my god, this woman she has a successful business. I will never be able to. I don't know. Achieve anything. I think social media, if if you use it in a right way, it can help you so much. But if you use it and kind of abuse it, it can ruin, you. ruin, <laughs> ruin your mental health and your physical health and your relationship with yourself and everything.
1: Yeah, no, the good thing is that right now there's always more and more people talking about these things, like talking about like eating disorders, body dysmorphia, which were a bit like taboo before. So that's the good thing. So that's the good and the bad of social media, I guess. If you follow the good accounts, then yeah, they will help you. If you just follow
0: whoever pops up, yeah. then probably not so you. much. Yeah. How did you heal your body dysmorphia? And how do you feel in your skin right now? Uh, how did I heal my body dysmorphia? Mm.
1: I am actually not sure. <laughs> I It probably just happened as i was probably going to the gym like when i started like lifting weights and etc i started focusing more on my performance rather than my looks so i stopped like obsessing over my looks and over how much i weighed it etc when i started being a pt though i of course like you have mirrors around you 24 7. so i started paying more attention to the way way i looked But once again, I think that at that point, my my, like I was healing, so that wasn't that bad. There wasn't much of a trigger. But in terms of body dysmorphia, I am not sure. Like I didn't really work on that as much. Were you aware of it fully, like probably not even. No, no. I probably just thought that I looked that way, and. I really thought I looked much bigger than I did, of course. Of course, but it is. but May. right now is I do feel like really good in my skin right now. That's good. That but is good.
0: As you should. It taken. As it's taken a, a while. A long time. I think people highly under underestimate how long it takes to heal. Oh yeah. Mentally, physically.
1: It's it's a never ending process never as well ending. because there's probably going to be there could be something that in the future triggers it again. Who knows? It could still be at the back of my mind somewhere. But it hasn't come back, so.
0: How do you feel in terms of your mindset? Can you control your mind? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, right now, a lot. I think the only thing, the only times in my life, or the only area of my life that I couldn't control was the eating. Because apart from that, my mindset has always been very good. Yeah. It was just when it came
0: to my body, then I didn't have control at all. Have you felt like you're using food for punishment? Uh,
1: no, no, no. I would only use it as like a treat. Like, for example, when I started eating, I couldn't finish. I couldn't stop myself. Okay. So I used to binge at some point during that. So there was a whole different story, uh, but I never used food to punish myself. But I used to starve myself to punish myself. Okay. And walk a lot. Yeah, I was like a cardio queen. Yeah. I still do walk yeah, a lot. Yeah, I love my steps. Yeah, but not for that reason now. There's two things that stayed with me. The walk-in and my love for courgettes. <laughs> I... St- I used to only eat courgettes <laughs> on my own disorder and I still <laughs> bloody love courgettes.
0: But they're not the only thing I eat right now. I will never forget when we were here um, last year and when you were having your courgettes every single day. Yeah, courgettes and peppers every day. Yeah. But I do I do love courgettes. <laughs> yeah. They're they are, They're great veg. They're grey veg. Greens. Eat your greens. But the thing is like for anyone
1: that's going through it right now even if You can't even see the light at the end of the tunnel. Just keep working on it. It will come. Just remember, depending on how severe your condition is, because it can be very different from one person to another, seek professional help. And also when it comes to professionals, just because someone is qualified doesn't mean it's good for you. Amen. Because I have been to a CBT practitioner, um like cognitive behavioral therapy and i really think to this day that all the advice you gave me was crap (laughs) so not you're gonna find the right one so but if you don't find the right person at first just keep searching for one that can actually understand you because there's nothing worse to actually seek advice and not even feel understood then because you're gonna feel that you're the problem yeah Working
0: on yourself is so hard, so hard. And the amount of work that you need to put into your mindset, which then transfers into your training and then your nutrition and your relationship with yourself and the way that you see the world, it takes so much work, like endless amount of work every day. What can you do better today? Are you self-aware? Are you not? what is happening around you like what needs to be changed change your environment change your circle of friends
1: and that's where why i think it's very very good to speak to people about it because if we just do it by ourselves then the reality that we tell ourselves is very different from what other people see as well amen so you need to learn to be good by yourself but also speak to others to see their perspective as well and see if you are Completely detached from reality, or if you, okay <laughs> if you actually living in the real world and stuff, yeah. Because uh, you can really start overthinking things if you do it
0: completely on your own, mm-hmm. and it's not fun. Been there myself. Yeah. So yeah. no. When you don't feel safe to talk to anyone, and then you just keep everything inside of yourself. Yeah.
1: I mean, it also depends on how you are as a person. I do share my thoughts and my feelings a lot.
0: I overshare <laughs> but only with the people that I feel comfortable with. Oh yeah, I mean I don't but, go to strangers in the street. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> I have so many problems, <laughs> fix me. Um yeah, I only s- talk to people that I feel really comfortable with. But saying that, there that's like I can count maybe f- five people. Yeah. If I, I don't know have Trust issues. People, not everyone wants to see you do well. Like not everyone. No, but not but Not everyone. Until not you everyone find your tribe for you, yeah. Until yeah. you find your people. But it's always important to speak up. Always, always, and yeah. To anyone listening, all jokes aside, I think that the absolute worst thing that you can do for yourself is to just lock yourself at home, say nothing to nobody, and live with your own thoughts because if you can't control your mind and if you let your mind controls you, it can go downhill yeah. very quickly. And you get trapped in your, and in you in your trapped head. And you get trapped in your own head, yeah. And then you do a lot of different things just to punish yourself. Yeah, it can get very nasty. Yeah, And when nice. it
1: comes to eating disorders, once again, just a little tip and advice for everyone listening. If you do go to um for example if you do speak just to your gp etc about it they are probably not even like qualified to give you advice on that so make sure that you go through like a mental health nurse Mm -hmm. or someone that can really understand Mm -hmm. you because if you just go to your gp for example and say like oh i just want to lose more weight they probably won't even see how deep the, the issue is and you just feel like neglected and you go home again and feel worse about it. So be really, really careful. Nothing against GP, by the way, GPs, by the way, but... We love GPs. Make sure you just go to the right professional. And if you ever want to reach out to me, as you can see, I've got a lot of years of experience. (laughs) (laughs) First-hand experience on eating disorders. So come and speak to me. I'm not qualified to help but I'm sure I can understand what you're going through and maybe give you like point you into the right direction.
0: Yeah. And same, same with me. I'm very happy to talk to anyone if I can. The DMS are safe, safe with me. They don't, I don't share them with anyone or I don't share them anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people quite often, I quite often get messages and DMS on Instagram. And then when I reply, people say, Oh, I can't believe that you replied. Like, I will talk to anyone and anything. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, we're here to help. I, I, we exactly. don't think that we're better than anyone else.
1: Yeah, we're not. And literally, if you have someone, if you know someone that has got experience with it, then just go and ask them. What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? The person ignores you if they are not very nice. Yeah. Or if they miss your message at some, yeah. point, at some point. But what is the worst from, like, just that can happen? If you ask. don't ask... Yeah. You won't know. No, we're basically like your big
0: sisters. Yeah. I do feel that way.
1: I still feel young, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We're turning 30 this year, mate. Yeah. We're not getting any, any younger. No.
1: A lot wiser.
0: A lot wiser. A lot of wiser. How have you felt? Were you in a relationship during your eating, eating disorder? You were? No. No. No, no, no. So... No, because I was 14, mate. No, but... Like, <laughs> I mean, I
1: don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, you, I wasn't. You, I mean, kids these days... No, I wasn't. I I got in my first relationship, like, actually relationship when I was, like, 20. Okay, and... So have I was you, healing already a little bit. Have
0: you opened up to your partner about your eating disorder? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I... How did he what was his reaction he
1: didn't really understand it because first of all he was from the uk never really understood why i wanted to be slimmer than i was but understood my pain in that sense and my current partner also knows about it my ex-partner i remember at first he was a bit concerned because it was like you never eat when you're around me etc because mm. i was still going through some of those phases mm mm-hmm. Uh, but he helped me heal a lot. And my current boyfriend as well. Yeah. And what about your friends? Uh, you... Some of my friends that I've actually grown up with don't really know too much about it because they just thought I was very determined to lose my weight. I never opened up. Okay. Like This is the first time I am speaking about it without getting emotional. And... The them. last year is the first...
0: Proud of you. Yeah,
1: the last year is the last. The, the first year they have actually spoken about it online as well. Before that, it was just my partners and my mum. And that's it.
0: It is very scary to put this out there because you are opening yourself up to the whole world. Yeah. Anyone has access to, to this information. But I feel, and I think that being vulnerable and sharing your experiences helps and shows other people that they are not alone yeah you are not alone
1: we need to do i found
0: it hard to do it
1: as i was going through it yes you have I only to do it, doing it when i was like
0: out of basically it. healed yeah. yeah yeah i have felt when i was going through my body dysmorphia my body dysmorphia journey i opened the body on my instagram and the response was very positive mm-hmm. and a lot of people said i'm experiencing this myself what are you doing how like have you healed or not and then i didn't talk about it that much anymore because i felt like i couldn't talk about it as i'm going through it like i need to be on the other yeah. side of it to then be able to say okay again not a professional I don't really, I'm not qualified to give advice, but I can share my experience and say what has helped me, what what, what were my triggers, social media, just people in general acceptance. Yeah. And other other people's, yeah. I I think part of me,
1: I didn't want to be, I didn't want to become my eating disorder. Yeah. So I didn't want to be that girl that only talks about eating disorder and identifies as. I know, because that the is... The eating disorder. Because for me, it would have been harder to heal yeah. if I identified as that, yeah. identified.
0: Sorry. Yeah, and I feel like one, when you're still going through it, every question that you get about it can be very triggering. Yeah, And I feel like you can never heal. It's like you don't allow yourself to heal because you're constantly being asked about it. And you feel like, I, like I'm not on the other side of it. I don't know what to say. Like, I can't help you. And this is not helping me either, because exactly people are constantly asking me about it,
1: but I can't even tell you what to do, yes, because I don't know <laughs> I, yeah. I would I yeah. would not be here yeah, if I knew but yeah, that's the thing, and I know it hits everyone differently, like lots of people like get eating disorders and they then get depressed and all that. I have never experienced that at all. Like, I just thought I was unattractive at that point, but, and wanted to be that person that, like, I wanted to look like that type of person I wanted to look like, but I was never, like, depressed or anything, so I'm very lucky from that point of view. I always knew, I had my people around me, I always had, like, luckily, a very, very strong support system, even if they didn't know who, who, what I was going through.
0: Yeah. They were kind of there for me. And how important is that oh, in yeah. life? Your environment and yeah, the we're people not meant that you be, surround yourself with.
1: We're not meant to live life by ourselves. No, I am a social butterfly. So yeah,
0: I'm. I'm <laughs> I am an. I don't know how I would describe myself. I'm introverted, but I'm very extroverted around at the, the right time. people. Yeah. 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 Because I don't like being in public places. I don't like going out too much. I like being at home and just working and minding my own business. But if I meet someone that I feel very comfortable with. I can talk to them for days yeah like like you the, the amount of conversations that we've had just about life oh.
1: <laughs> i don't think you knew about the teacher though the <laughs> that i didn't teacher. know no, forgot no, about it that i didn't know yeah The probably them um, started maybe i can't
0: believe it any ballet teachers in italy <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll be allowed right now. <laughs> that
1: is... Because even if he was just like 15 years ago, no, more than that. It was quite a long time ago. Things are changing. Allowed?
0: Yeah. Hopefully for better.
1: Yeah. Like right now, parents will not probably allowed that. But I don't think I ever told my mom either.
0: Would you ever have something or do something uh, regarding eating disorders that you know that will help other people. So like a podcast or anything online, like in terms of your business or
1: uh I have been in the Italian profile trying to speak about it a bit more. But it is a very complicated topic in terms of like I'm always worried I say something that's wrong because mm-hmm. once again I'm not qualified, qualified for it. I might qualify in the future and then proper talk about it because i want the professional to do their thing first but the main thing that i do now is basically just make people aware that what they see online is not always like that and do my little bit to help and share my own experience my fear of eating and stuff like that i used to be i became fat phobic as well at some point yeah a little bit, a little a little bit, bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, never be bulimic. Okay. Because I can't throw up.
0: Okay.
1: I, don't, I tried. <laughs> I
0: failed. Oh, yeah, man. there
1: was one thing there
0: I missed. You've been through everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know how this came out fine.
0: Yeah. What doesn't like, feel I you? think that
1: like, yeah, my trauma is, you can
0: heal from your trauma. You can heal from your trauma. But speaking from experience, I feel like, some things will scar you for life. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: It will change you. Trauma will, will change, change you. you. It will change you. But it won't hurt as much anymore. Yeah. Now I'll start crying. Um, Yeah. It will change you. It will have a huge impact on you. Yeah, but otherwise, we will just be all the same. Yeah. Amen. But diamonds are made under pressure. Under pressure. How do you feel with your training right now? Obviously, following uh, the world's best program, mine. Good. Good. Yeah. You've yeah, been doing I've been it for loving
1: training a like, year and a half, almost a yeah.
0: Yeah, long time.
1: Yeah. And still love it. Still love it. I do love training. I struggle at the moment to empathise with people. They say they don't want to train. Made just because I, it is my safe space. I absolutely love it.
0: I wish, and this is something that I also like try to do with on my Instagram and with my social media. There are so many benefits to training and there are so many benefits, not just for your physical health, but for your mental health. There's nothing better. I know we all have different lives, different schedules. Some people work from 7am. Some people work from 2pm. Some people work on the weekends. Some don't. But to me, I don't feel motivated every day. I don't wake up and feel like, oh, let me go to the gym and hit a PB and have the absolute best session and all those things. But I know how it makes me feel, not even physically, but mentally. Like after a good training session, I feel like I could fight with a bear. Like I could punch someone in the Mm -hmm. face (laughs) in a nice way, (laughs) in a nice way, not an aggressive way. But you just feel so strong. And then if you have a good training session, you feel stronger. You know that you are progressing with your training. Then you don't crave any processed foods. So you eat better than you have... You know, a regular bowel, bowel movement, regular menstrual cycle, better sleep, better life quality. You feel better about yourself. Like There are so many positives. And I don't know, what can we do to, I mean, what more can we do to help people to, to feel that way? Because I want everyone to feel the way that I feel. To feel good in your own skin, to eat well, to sleep well, to have good people around you. I think even with gym. training it's yeah.
1: a process of learning to love it because initially you won't. Initially you will be uncomfortable. You won't feel good in the gym. Uh but the more you do it, the better you become and you'll notice like that is hundred percent worth it. And the more the thing is the more you improve the relationship with yourself and that you take care of yourself, the better you're going to be as a person, as a friend, as a partner. So you're not being selfish for taking time for yourself. If you do have kids, because I do have clients that have kids and they're like, oh, I don't have time. Make that time because you're going to be a nicer person when you are with your kids. (laughs) Literally. That is true. And you're going to be with your kids Longer. I'm not saying you're going to increase the probabilities of you living with your kids for longer. Yeah.
0: Spending more time with your yeah. loved ones.
1: It's totally worth it. Amen. And it doesn't really take that much time. If you don't have much time, train twice, three times yeah. a week.
0: If you don't have much time, then get my express program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it is totally worth it. It is totally worth
0: it. I love my gym. And you love yours. Anyone listening to this, go to the gym. Lift some weights, you will feel better. You will feel better. Is there anything else that you would like to say to anyone? Maybe going through this, experiencing this, healing, training. What do you find the most helpful Uh, on your journey?
1: Now, really have a word with yourself, really understand What the trigger was, but everything else that caused that in the past, because it could be happening for like years and years and you don't even know. So try to really, really understand that. As I said, speak to the people close to you. If you can't, go to a professional and also be very, very patient and just know that you're not going to heal in one, two, three months. Yeah, maybe. It's probably going to take you years, but. The healing journey is good. You're going to enjoy yourself while healing. So don't wait for it to be completely over to start enjoying it. And just remember there are so many people going through it. You're going to think you're the only person in the world just because as humans we do think we are the center of the world. We're not. We (laughs) are. I am. (laughs) You're the center of your own words, but there's so (laughs) many more people going through the same things. So, yeah, just... Ask for help. And if you don't find the right one, just keep asking until you find the right type of help. Yeah. And if you want to chat, yeah. You know where to find me. Yeah. Come and find me. Come and find me. Yeah.
0: DMs are always open. Yeah. Always open.
1: But yeah, that's pretty much it. Pretty much. And it. I really, really hope that anyone listening that going through something like that's going through something like that finds this helpful and finds the courage to start working towards the healing journey.
0: final words thank you for coming on today thank you so much for having me Sylvia I appreciate your time more than anything appreciate you too anyone listening to this you best share this everywhere help us help us spread the word we appreciate everyone listening we hope that you guys have enjoyed it until next time you will know where to find me you will know where to find Sylvia I will link our socials in the description box below so Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Sylvia, for being here. Thank you. Until next time. Have a lovely day, everyone. Yeah. See you next time. Done. We're done. We're good.